Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today. We're looking for the wisdom of the cross in the book of Romans, and I'm so excited to be able to share uh, some things that we're going to be hearing today from God's Word, and we're in chapter 3 of Romans. Again, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, pastor of Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas, right here on Highway 59. I want to encourage you, if you live anywhere in this Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, Texarkana, Texas, Texarkana, Arkansas, this Linden, Texas, anywhere around here, you're looking for a great church to come and learn the Word of God in truth. That means as it pertains to the man that said it was all about him, Jesus Christ, I encourage you to come be with us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 6.40 p.m. And just so you'll know that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson. 316. Avail yourself to these teachings. Today is part 11 and uh, of chapter 3 of Romans. Chapter 1 has 23 sessions. Chapter 2 has 11 sessions. Chapter 3, again today, we're on part 11 and uh, chapter 3 of Romans. Today is October the 1st, 2018, just so you'll know where we are or were uh, when this was broadcasted. And again, before we dig into this, one more time, my YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Go there. You'd be amazed at how much gospel preaching and teaching is on that site. Fail yourself to it. God bless you. I know you will, those of you who want to learn the truth. We're going to see some things in Romans chapter 3 today. Uh, for those who have ears to hear, those who just take God's word as it is in righteousness, you're going to be amazed at what the Lord brings out of this teaching today and I'm excited to be able to share it with you part of it just sitting down at the kitchen table at home this morning just looking over where we were going to be today where we were going to take off from where we left off last week the Lord began to minister to me right there at home at the kitchen table this morning I called my wife in there and said watch this look at this it's so amazing when your faith is in the cross of Christ alone for all the provision of the Lord And that has to happen, my friend, before you can grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the knowledge of Christ that came to you, the avenue through which it came initially, is the only avenue in which all knowledge comes. The truth of God's Word. God's Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, by the Word of the Lord. Listen, God's Word is truth. But all his words, everything he's ever spoken is in righteousness. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. And the gospel is all about a man, the son of God coming as the lamb of God to lay his life down and through his death allow us to receive that righteous status and to begin to bear righteous fruit of the Lord. Think about that. There is no other avenue of righteousness than through the death, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not not just for your initial status of being righteous in Christ, but for all fruits of righteousness, by the way, which cannot be separated from the fruit of the Spirit. For when there is a fruit of righteousness manifesting in your life, it is the fruit of the Spirit. Knowing that, we must say this, very straightforward comment, God only honors what God does. That's why he gave us his spirit so that he could continue the work, the work of his son, Jesus Christ, 
by his spirit in our lives. Let me say it again. Anything God's not doing, God's not honoring. And anything God's not doing in and through us will never be rewarded, can never have treasures laid up in heaven for. It takes him working for there to be fruit on our behalf, even though it's him working in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's him at work in us. Hallelujah. And anything he's not working will be wood, hay, and stubble and burn up. So therefore, before we move on into this today, and this is so crucial, not most Christians don't even care about learning the Word of God. I talk to preachers all the time that'll just take the subject right off the Word of God. They're not really interested in the Word of God. They're out there getting a paycheck. They're doing whatever they have to do to get that paycheck. They're really there's not just tons of preachers today who are just on fire for the Lord who who want to learn the Word of God in the context it was written. A lot of preachers are using it out of its context, which is righteousness. And, and the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, all who hold God's Word in an unrighteous, His truth in an unrighteous way, He's opposing them. And all that can be in your life, if you're using God's Word out of its righteous context, which means you're using it to point to anything for salvation or daily provision outside, outside of the avenue in which righteousness comes, faith in the death of Jesus, then all that can be produced is ungodliness and unrighteousness. No, you're not getting drunk. No, you're not got, uh, sleeping with all the ladies in town, preacher. No, you, you're not getting drunk and doing drugs. But if we hold God's word, which is God's truth, in an unrighteous manner, <clears throat> then what's in our lives in the eyes of God is ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, no, now most people are not going to repent and come back to the cross because they, they're deceived and they think what they're in is working. God says it ain't working for you. God only works in truth. Psalms 33 and 4, truth is a man named Jesus and what he did to become that truth. That's your entrance, and as you have received, therefore, the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye, slack so you received him, walk ye in him, Colossians 2, 6. It'll take a great move of God upon a minister's heart to be able to, to, to get to a place where they're willing to look back and count it all done, still love those men of God that they've staggered all along and tried to find what was right, but when God finally shows up in your life, gives you the truth through some avenue in which you never expected it to come, could be a broadcast like this, and when you're willing like the Apostle Paul to look back and see that it's only been law, it's only been works, it's only been a ministry of condemnation as a result of a, of a, a, a wrong focus in God's Word, when humility is allowed to come into your heart by brokenness and just in admittance, I've had it wrong. I'm, I've had it wrong. And you're willing to begin to preach the truth in righteousness, knowing that it's going to cost you. Paul knew he'd never have a family. Paul knew he'd be cut off from those he'd been taught by. He knew that he'd be cut off even by a lot of Christians because he at one time persecuted them. But Paul said, for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ that only comes through that one avenue of righteousness. He was willing to count it all done and move forward. There's so many ministers that just won't let go of yesterday. They won't let go 
of all those relationships. You don't have to cut them off, my friend, but you do have to repent for holding God's word in an unrighteous manner and begin to preach the righteousness of God's word. And when you do, it's not going to be you cutting them off. They're going to cut you off. Some of you watching this right now know that you have cut me off. Don't have anything to do with me. But you can't sit down with me and show me where I missed it. You know why? Because it's not me that's missed it. It's you. And you're being held in the fear, a snare called the fear of man, valuing what men would think rather than what God thinks. And I needed to share that as an intro this morning for there are many preachers who are hearing the message of the cross in God's word. They know it's right. Some of them, not all of them, because some of them are so bound in their works, they're not willing to grab a hold. See, you, you can't let go of your false doctrine until you admit the cross is the answer. <clears throat> you don't let go of that and then grab the cross. No, you accept the cross as the answer for all provision from heaven. And then you'll find the grip of all that that you've held dear. Not it's held you. You've held it. You've clenched tightly to those things of man. But when you hold tightly to that which is of God that removes and pushes out all the attempts of man, which is what the cross does, then the word of God begins to flow in and through your heart like a river. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then you can help somebody. Before that, there is no help in and through your ministry. Sure, for years we preached the cross for salvation, but after we got them in, we didn't have a clue what to tell them. We thought we did. And we tried this and we tried that and every bandwagon of false doctrine that came through town. We were apostizing quickly day by day and didn't even know it until things crumbled and it caused us to have to go back really basically just to the root which was God's love and what he did to prove his love for us. And when we were willing to hear the message of the cross and let all that other stuff we've been holding so dearly to and tightly to, God began to teach us the righteousness of his word. I'm thankful to be sharing it with you today. Watch this. And I'd like to call this uh, Paul's change of attitude now as he begins to move in verse 21 that we did cover last session about righteousness. And he begins to, uh, uh, we're going to see the declaration of God's righteousness is our celebration of righteousness. Watch this in verse 21 of chapter 3, Romans. But now the righteousness of God, being without the law, is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Last session, we covered how certain Bible translations take away, change this to faith in Christ Jesus. It shouldn't say faith in Christ Jesus. That's later on when it talks about us unto all and upon all them that believe. That's our part. The first part is correct. It's by his faith that he went to the cross. Jesus lived by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20, the life we live now, we live by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and 
gave himself for us. Tell us what he did by faith. And Hebrews 2, 9 tells us that it was by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for all men. Hallelujah, that's good news. So Jesus had to live by grace through faith. And so that is correct, a correct writing here in the King James Version that the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, this is what I want us uh, to see today, and I pray the Lord will show you this. This is another, every once in a while, you hear me say that here's something you can't separate. You can't separate the glory of God from the righteousness of God. When Adam lost and fell from glory, and that's what the Bible here says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is, is what Adam was dressed in, in the garden. He was dressed in glory. And, 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 and when he fell into sin, he fell from that glory. He fell from what? He fell from his ability to bear the image of God. Let me tell you something, my friend. It was God's will and is God's will, and God will see his will accomplished that men have dominion over this earth and walk in that dominion. <clears throat> but the dominion that man has over the earth is only carried out as he bears the image of God. God created us in his image, and Adam was clothed in glory, and as long as he bare the image of God, then he had dominion over the earth. When he believed another voice, he fell from that glory, lost that image, and could no longer walk in dominion, and God rushed in and gave the promise of the sacrifice. Through the sacrifice alone, is there a restoration to the image of God? Colossians 1.27 says that the mystery is that the hope of glory is in us. Think about that. Let's, let's look at that today because I'm, I'm going I'm to attempt to show you in the Bible that you cannot separate the glory of God from the righteousness of God. Think about that. Because he made you righteous, you have the hope of glory, who is Christ Jesus, living in you. And one day, everything about you will be glorified. Right now, you've got that glorious one living in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is our hope, not I hope it's going to happen. He is our sure hope that we not only are righteous because of his righteousness and our faith in him and his work at Calvary, but that him, in his glorified status, we're going to step into one day as well. Watch this, verse one, chapter 1, Colossians, verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. The riches of the glory woo, of this mystery among you and me, Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now think about this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory 
of God. And Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible tells us Jesus is the brightness of God's image the very express image of his person. He's the brightness of God's glory, is what it says. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of God's person. Think about that. Jesus dying on the cross for you and me, God was reconciling us to himself, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, reconciling us to himself at the cross. And how he did that was through our faith, Jesus would be identified and taste death by the grace of God for all men. And the grace Jesus tasted death by is the same grace being offered you today, the death he tasted by your faith in Christ and his taste of death through grace gets you that same grace he tasted death through. That same grace he tasted death through. That's why the psalmist would say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. That taste we have is our faith in his death. And Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says, Don't you know? Mm, don't you know, Christian, that as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized, immersed into his death. That's where God, by the operation of God, by the Spirit of God, had to, that's where the operation of God took place. All who would place faith in Christ, God saw, and by his power, the power of his Spirit, immersed us into the death of Jesus. We have to be identified, first of all, by faith in the death of Christ. That's why Paul would say in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Don't you know in, in Romans chapter 6, Paul would write that the old man, the sin man, has been crucified with Christ. That's where we begin our journey with Christ, being crucified with him. And that's where our journey continues each and every day. If our faith is moved to a work we're doing, even the biblical principles, the work ceases because God only works in truth and that truth that liberated is the only truth God works in. Think about that. You can't prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. You can, your flesh can say, I don't believe it. Your flesh can give reason, but you can't bring a Bible and tell me why I could be wrong because I'm not. Think about this. Let's, let's look at John, something powerful. John chapter 13. I want to show you something today. John chapter 13, Jesus said in verse 31, Therefore, when he was gone out, speaking of when Judas Iscariot got up and left the room after he proved himself, I'm, you know, he was the betrayer and he left to go do it. Jesus said, whatever you're going to do, go do it quickly. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But anyway, watch this. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man, talking about himself, glorified and God is glorified in him, in the son of man. Now watch, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him, the Son of Man, in himself and shall straightway, which means immediately, 
glorify him. Can I tell you today that the cross of Jesus Christ is where God was glorified in Christ and Christ was glorified in him and any glory that exists on your behalf will take place through faith in the cross. For there is where Christ was glorified by God in God and God was glorified in the Son of Man. The Son of Man, a phrase uh, uh, that Jesus used concerning himself somewhere around 80 times, which speaks of his identification with men and his purpose among men to come and do what he would do, represent us before God, but yet represent the Father to us. And when Jesus would lay his life down in a complete full act of obedience to complete a full life of obedience, complete without flaw, God would be glorified in him. He would be glorified in the Father. And our faith in that sacrifice returns us to that place of glory that we fail short because all have sinned and fallen short. They've come short. We've all come short of the glory of God. But when God, through the sacrifice of his son Jesus, reconciled us to a place of righteousness, he also, with that righteousness, has placed the glory, the glorious one, Jesus Christ, our hope of glory within our hearts. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. So when you're talking about the glory and you go back to Exodus chapter 34 where Moses said, or chapter 33 where Moses said, oh, show me your glory. And the Lord said, okay, I'll show you my glory. He took Moses and put him in the cleft of the rock. The word cleft means a place of piercing where that rock that represented our rock of ages, glory to God, Jesus Christ, who was pierced and wounded and bruised for our sins. Hallelujah. He was pierced as that rock on Calvary. And God took Moses and put him in that type, that symbolic cleft of the rock, because only in there can you behold, mm, only in Christ can you obtain and behold the glory of God. But then God would walk by and declare his glory to Moses. Oh, you should read it in Exodus 34, where the Lord walks by and he says, declared his name to him. He said, and by declaring his name, he said, the Lord, the Lord God Almighty will be gracious and merciful and forgiving. And he pronounced the effects and the benefits of his name to the one he had put in the cleft of the rock, hallelujah, the one that his hand would cover so that he could declare who he is, which is what he would do at Calvary. Because only at the cross was God merciful. Only through the sacrifice is God merciful merciful and gracious and his loving kindness poured out to be shed abroad in the hearts of all those that will believe in him. So when you're talking about the glory, if you're talking about something you've got to do to get it, you've missed the boat. Your boat is sinking, my friend. God put Moses in the cleft of the rock and said, just be, st- be still there. I'll hold my hand on you. I'll pass by. I'll declare my glory by declaring my name, which is is what I will justify you by. The New Testament says we're justified by his name. You can't separate his name from the work at Calvary. You can't separate his righteousness from the work at Calvary. 
You can't separate his glory from the work at Calvary. Somebody said glory to God. Somebody said I've got to let all that other stuff go. I've got to get on board with the righteousness of God's word, which always points to the cross and brings the glory. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God sends his word so that some would be saved that believe, yet some will be condemned who won't believe in this one way of victory, one way of fruit bearing. Uh, there will be many that won't let go of their works, but those that do are the ones who accept the finished work of Christ. Glory to God. This is exciting. Hallelujah. You can't be still and be hearing this if you know the truth. But listen, all through the Bible, this is the theme that runs through the Bible. God gives his word. That's the way he started everything. That's the way he started everything. First thing he said to Adam was, you are free. Adam didn't talk to God first. God talked to Adam for you are free to eat all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat off that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Now the ball was in Adam's court. All he had to do is keep bouncing that ball, glory to God, on the word of God. But he took that ball and he threw it in another court. He threw it in the enemy's court and he listened to another voice. But let me tell you something. This theme that runs throughout the whole Bible is God's word, which brings salvation or condemnation, whichever, whatever we do with it. Cain and Abel had the word of the Lord, you'll bring a, an offering. Well, they both brought different offerings. God honored one, the other one he rejected. Listen, all through the Bible, every story of the Bible, God sends his word. That's God's judgment. And in that judgment is what we do with that God's word, his judgment. We're either saved and some won't be. And then God is glorified. And then what? when God is glorified, the experience of that glory the experience of that glory is going to be in you. I said the experience of that glory, the awareness of the one who is the glorious one, who is our hope of glory. Living in, there's an experience. It's more than words and head knowledge. There's an experience to Christianity. Hallelujah. A lot of people out there thinking to, to experience the glory. They got to they gotta do something. They gotta, you ain't got to do nothing but believe that what Jesus did at the cross was enough. When you, when you move from that into something else, you eliminate yourself from the experience of the glory, my friend. Hallelujah. And when you, if you don't believe what I'm saying, you can't prove, you can't use God's word to prove that what, what you believe that's contrary to what I just said because when you're trying to do it, you're using God's word out of its righteous context. Because, it, listen, it's only through the righteousness of God that only comes through the cross in your faith in that that brings you the glory. That's it. Nothing else brings you this glory. Not initially, Lord, the Lord moving in you initially upon your born-again experience, who is the hope of glory, or your daily experience by, by through faith in Christ and his finished work, allowing the Holy Spirit now to work through you to bring forth the fruits of his righteousness and experiencing that glory. Folks shouting out, go oh, send the glory. You've already got the glorious one living in you. If you'll keep your faith in the cross and don't move it away, you'll experience that glorious one every day. If you're waiting on something coming that's eternal life, I understand a new body and a new mind one day's coming, the fullness of all that. But you've already got eternal life. His name is Jesus living inside of you. 
Glory to God. Man, you just can't hear these things and not be stirred if you're a child of God. And listen, I've got to quit. I'm running out of time, but listen very carefully to this. For those who are off the path of righteousness, there is no experience of glory. And who are they that are off the path? They're those that are trusting in the purpose driven, the government of 12. I got to do something. The cross ain't enough. They'll pretty much tell you that. The cross wasn't enough. We also have to. Listen, we also have to. Listen, we also don't have to do nothing but keep believing in that. Now, a correct faith in the cross, the works of God will be, I said the works of God will be carried out in and through you. He will continue to perform that work that he began, not a work you began. He began it or, he, or you ain't in nothing. He began a work because you put faith in the work he finished for you at Calvary. Hallelujah. And now that work he finished, he's going to begin to, to manifest the power and the provision of that finished work. in you. He's going to begin to perform that work that was finished in you. And you might be saying, well, if it was finished, then then why does he have to? Why do we have to walk in something that's finished? Well, why did he have to go to the cross then? Because Hebrews four says the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Because there has to be a manifestation. The Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world, Revelation thirteen eight. Yet there had to be a manifestation of that, and the manifestation came, and your faith in that which came, the one who died for you, that finished work was manifest, but yet your faith will allow that work of Christ that was finished to carry its provision and will out in your life. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. The only avenue of glory is righteousness. And just because you have the status of righteous in Christ Jesus does not mean you're still walking on the path of righteousness. Peter jumped up in Galatians chapter 2. You can read about it. Paul had to rise up and rebuke him face to face before the whole assembly there because he even led Barnabas and others that were there astray being the leader with followers that he was. Somebody said amen. I thank God the Lord showed up in my life and brought correction and told me when I left the one church and I said, Lord, I'm glad you got me out of there. They're all messed up. He said, Curtis, you're as messed up as they are. But thank God he began to teach me in my broken state. Brokenness is not something you can make happen yourself. Brokenness is a place you find yourself when you hear a teaching like this. And if you'll admit that you've had it all wrong, if you'll admit you've been tied to the wrong ministries and the wrong relationships and the wrong fellowships, that if you'll accept truth, you'll find yourself broken and in a place where God could begin to pour into you the truth so that your ministry can be ministry in his eyes and not just men's eyes. Praise God. Well, we're out of time. Oh, my goodness. Time flies so by flies by so fast when you're trying to share the great things of the Lord. I know you've gotten something out of this, and I would simply ask that you share these messages on social media. I know you're not ashamed of the gospel. I know you're not ashamed of the gospel. Share these on Facebook. Share these on some avenue that you have access to.
invite people to subscribe and to follow my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where everything we do is uploaded there. I just want to tell you, God is on the move, and those who have ears to hear are going to be found moving with him. And until next session, be determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. God bless you. See you next time.